Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. It may seem like a strange connection to make, but humor me here. The fires, floods, hurricanes, and other calamities that strike a nation can and do have an impact on personal freedoms. Here to explain is Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Lincoln, connect those dots for us. Wow, I've never heard an introduction that so neatly brought it all together. (laughs) (laughs) And I want our listeners to uh, think a little bit on this more than just in passing. As we record this, the smoke hasn't blown away, and or indeed as the fires died down in, in California there yes. up north of Sacramento at Paradise, yes. I heard today that the death toll is up in the 50s now, and, oh. and I'm sure it will rise higher. Yeah. I've just come back from Australia, and we might talk about that in another program. Good, good. I was there for several weeks, but two days before I left for Australia, I was preaching at a church in Paradise. Oh, boy. And unfortunately, I wish I hadn't, but uh, as I drove through that beautiful countryside and saw eucalyptus trees, and I was already in an Australian mindset, it impressed me that they were sitting ducks for a fire. And I told them on Friday night, I said, you've got too many eucalyptus trees here. I said, they burn pretty easily. I said, I hope you don't have fires. But uh, I'm sorry I suggested it, because that's exactly what happened, and and now when I see on the, uh, the, the video reports of the fire and the different particular buildings, including some of the motels burning, I remember them. It's just so recent that everything about that, that thing uh, sticks with me. I know very well that there was essentially only one main road out of town. And so there were horror stories of people lined up, traffic not moving, and one couple got in their car and joined the line, and half an hour later, they'd moved three car lengths. Oh. I, I'm surprised as many people got out as they did. But, you know, our country is, is dealing with this, and, and the United States is a large country with 325, 350 million people nowadays. In the huge scheme of things... One town may not grossly affect the the group, but emotionally, we're all aware of it. We're all horrified, and there's great sympathy, and I'm sure there'll be disaster relief from the federal government and so on. But I don't know how many of our listeners have thought we're facing one of these types of disasters, some greater and some lesser, one after the other. It's not too many weeks since uh, there were those storms or one particular storm that swept up to Florida and caused great destruction. Not long before that was uh, Puerto Rico. Not long before that was Texas. Not long before that, the whole East Coast uh, was was inundated and great destruction. Of course, there's also fires down in Ventura County in California. I think it's a given that with global weather change, whether it's global warming, you can argue that all you like, but the weather is dislocated. There are droughts, there are extreme weather events, and I think we're going to see a rapid increase of these types of disasters, exacerbated, of course, by increasing population density, people building on unstable hillsides, which collapse in floods and so on. And and more and more, the United States is reminding me of my original homeland of Australia. There's a poem that I remember when I was growing up. It's basically a narration or a 
an imaginary conversation between the the country hicks in a little lazy country town and and it starts off by saying, we'll all be ruined, said Halloran, if the rains don't come soon. We'll all be ruined. And then a little bit later, the rains come and there's floods everywhere. And he says, we'll all be ruined if the rains don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, it's worth thinking about when you think about religious and other civil liberties. Can these long survive in their pristine state with a succession of disasters that mean a, a massive disruption to life as normal? not least of which looting. The authorities come in, there's some suspension of some civil liberties. I think there's reasonable expectation in great disasters to see uh, regional, if not national, martial law imposed. Civil liberties as we know them don't easily survive this sort of thing. Well, okay, why is that? I mean, civil liberties, describe civil liberties to us and then tell us why they don't survive. Well, civil liberties, as we've come to understand them in the United States, the Bill of Rights, uh, the things that Thomas Jefferson said were inalienable rights Mm -hmm. that we have as human beings from our creator, given to us by our creator. Nature and nature's God, I think he he called it, uh, which sort of diffuses uh, the sectarian objections. But I think most human beings, even in repressive regimes, understand that that as a human being, you should be respected. You should have the right to individual uh, uh, freedom of movement. Not everyone has that. You should have the right to uh, believe and think that you want what you want, including the right to worship God as you understand him. And there's variations on that all over. But all around the world, people are restricted in these basic rights of movement, of, of speech, and of of worship and so on. And for a variation of reasons, during disasters and emergencies, and, you know, World War II comes to mind. The United States restricted even uh, people talking about things freely because for fear of information would be shared with the enemy within. Mm -hmm. And so with varying degrees during different disasters, these things are restricted. And most people accept it. I know in the English system, there's the War Powers Act, in the United States, it's it's less formally expressed, but uh, uh, I, I know in religious liberty, when we pass some of these good laws, I've objected with the lawyers that they nearly always, in fact, I think always, will have a little clause that you have this right or this this, this bill is in, in force unless there is a compelling governmental mm. objection. <laughs> yeah, they put a little hook in there, don't they? Yeah. Right. And even if they didn't put it there, we know... That every government, even the the best democracy, put under stress tends to, uh, if not suspend, then then uh, tread on, on these rights supposedly out of a need for survival. Yeah, they're going to tell us that they're doing that not only for survival but for our protection. The same thing happened after 9/11. Am I right? And of course, the downside of this thinking is what Germany indulged and the Nazis encouraged: mm, yes, the idea that yes. their troubles were caused by a faction of the population that that were robbing their money initially, then just an evil racial debilitation. And so they turned against part of their own population, murderously. Mm. There's really no limit to the toxic ways under an emergency, even in so-called free societies. I mean, so-called, I mean, they are often in the beginning, but they still think they're free. But they can turn in murderous ways on uh, rights or citizens.
So we as Americans and we as citizens of this world can understand that we have certain inalienable rights, but those rights are at risk under certain circumstances that may be beyond our control and maybe even beyond our nation's control. Is that what you're saying? I'm partly saying that, but the reason we're talking about it is we need to be aware of this. Mm. I think, in particularly in the United States, there's an assumption that these recognized rights, not granted, no state really morally has the power to grant them. They right. recognize them because they pre-existed. Right. But, you know, there's the idea that since they've been recognized, then we don't have to worry. They can disappear you know, as quickly as the lightning flashes or as the storm yes, blows, yes, yes, if we yes. don't defend them. Okay. We need to hold on to them. In fact, I think it was, um, I better be careful, but I think it was Franklin, one of the, the founding fathers said, you know, those that will give up their liberties for security don't deserve freedom or security. Yeah, that's right. You know, we need to keep a full perspective that the emergency might be upon us, but we could create a greater crisis by easily giving away deep-seated principles that have created the security in the long run. When a country makes these kinds of limitations under those kinds of circumstances, what's the citizen to do? I mean, we can be aware that it's happening, but what on earth can we do about it? For instance, all those years after 9-11, when our freedoms were basically uh, suppressed for our own protection— what are we supposed to do when that happens? Well, I, I don't so much disagree with your statement, but it's worth thinking about. You said suppressed for our own protection. According to the ones that was doing the suppressing. That claim has been made a myriad times yeah. through the ages and across the world, and it's not usually true. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, it's actually a cover to, uh, to, to harm. Even here, there's some argument that it just freed up certain agendas that were intended this is true. and, and this is true. Uh, diminished people questioning them. Yeah. Whether or not they were evil, that's another question. But it, it, it short-circuited the uh, political system where normally there would be debate about certain things, but nobody dared question. I can remember when the Patriot Act was passed, mm-hmm. Senator Leahy, who I, I admire him, he's one of the oldest statesmen of the Senate, I think he was chairman of the uh, Ways and Means, or at least one of the major committees, and uh, he objected a bit to it. came up very quickly. It was not pre-discussed. And after it was passed, he came out onto the uh, steps of the Capitol, gave an interview, and he says, it's called the Patriot Act. He says, I voted against it. He says, uh, what does that mean? You know, in other words, I'm vulnerable because I voted against the Patriot Act. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and in the committee, he, he asked then Attorney General uh, Ashcroft, he says, you know, why should we give this to you? It's nothing but a grab bag full of things that uh, the, the extreme right have wanted for decades. So we need to be careful that an emergency, real as it may be, is not used as an excuse to inhibit legitimate uh, discussion, behavior, or or, uh, freedoms themselves. Mm, mm, mm. And it's worth qualifying. Mm -hmm. While we can ascribe evil or or otherwise motives to different people, the dynamic may not be led by someone who is, quote, evil, but they can easily be misbegotten in their rush to do whatever they think is necessary to protect society, and they can be disregarding of legitimate freedoms, and they need to be reminded. That's the function in a, in a free, democratic society. Hold people to account, because even somewhat innocently, 
real freedoms, including religious liberty, can be swept aside. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Those are very, very timely words for us today. Thank you, Lincoln, for sharing your thoughts on this. Our website, libertymagazine.org. Check it out. Lots of good stuff there for you to enjoy and to learn from. And, you know, sound the warning. That's what this magazine does, and that's what we do on this program every single issue and broadcast that comes out. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>